If you don't like the world you're living in, take a look around. At least you got friends. If you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. I'm Heather. What was that, Ramsey? That was from the uh, hit song, Let's Go Crazy. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. I understand. I'm going to get caught up here <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> I'm I'm the one that's behind on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I am talking to you from a brand new computer. Uh, yep. It seems to be working so far. If I suddenly seems to be disappear. working better than the old one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I, I, that last computer was from 2015. I didn't realize <laughs> that is way too long for a Mac to last. That computer in my was experience. in middle school. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Holy shit! Uh, uh, yeah, you made that computer last longer than most Apple products. That's a fact. I am nothing short of a superhero. That's what I hear you saying. Um, Ramsey, I do, you were giving me a little update before recording that I think we should touch in on, uh, a rare Ramsey show report. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, I, in college, was a big fan of all Canadian indie rock. Yeah, this, uh, this, this is, very, is a known fact. <laughs> big, strange niche that I carved out for myself. Um, and I went and saw... But, but oh, for some reason, it was very popular when we were in college, that specific niche, so... Also, we grew up near Canada, so maybe. That's true. I don't know. Uh, what do we have? We had Metric. We had uh, Feist. Are there others? Oh, that- isn't Arcade Fire canceled? Oh, yeah. You're, also you're right. Canadian. You're right. Um, <laughs> Canadian I, and canceled. Sorry. <laughs> you can be both. You can be both. Yeah, you can be both. Um, I saw a broken social scene last night. And <gasps> uh, <laughs> a friend of our guest was there as well, uh, up on the balcony. Oh, with you, yes. I heard, I saw. What a show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually sad I didn't know that show was happening, but I'm not as big of a fan. I like some songs, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, uh, how, how was I should have told you. Uh, it was really good. I hadn't listened to them in quite some time, and I was like, oh yeah, these are great songs, I forgot. <laughs> um, I saw Friend of the Show, The Wonder Years, on Thursday... And I saw multiple people there who listen to our podcast, which was oh. so nice. But that does make sense at a pop punk show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and they were a great. weird experience? No, there there were people I already knew, so it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't like people were like, "Oh my god, are you Heather, host of the hit podcast?" If you're listening, <laughs> then I would actually yeah. crawl out of my skin and physically die. So that would be a true nightmare. Of my but life. I would like to encourage our fans to do that to us. That would be fun I to would, see Heather crawl out of her skin and die. I would pretend I wasn't dying, but mm-hmm. I would be just know I would be actually <laughs> dying inside of embarrassment. I could not handle my life. I don't think um, we've encouraged people to do this now. Oh God. <laughs> It's only it's only going to happen to me because I only go to pop punk shows and those are the people who listen to our podcast. It's true. It's fine, Ramsey. Yes. Would you like to introduce today's guest? I would love to. Uh, today with us we have TV writer and producer and co-host of the podcast. Busy Phillips is doing her best, ladies and gentlemen. It's Casey Saint Ange. Welcome. Woo! I clap Woo! for myself. Do people I like do that? It. Okay. I will. Uh, I can put an echo on it in post. So yeah, it sounds thank like you. So it sounds like yeah. three mm-hmm. to four people clapping for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you gasped when Ramsey said he was at Broken Social Scene. Do, does that mean you like them as well? No, I just knew Busy was there because I saw. I don't. I don't care about. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't, that's mean to say I don't care about or I don't care for. That sounds mean or I, they're just not on my radar. They're not for totally. me. But that means more for Ramsey and Busy. You know what I'm there saying? You go. It's true. And I mean, that is, that is a thing that comes up regularly on this podcast is people will be like, I can't believe you don't love this band. I can't love every band. I don't got that yeah. kind of bandwidth. <laughs> Who does? They just keep making more bands every year. We've been around a while. And we had all the ones from before. that's a lot of bands yeah Yeah. but so on that though we'll we'll have you tell what album we're doing in a minute but what music are you into generally well the album that we're doing ties into what music Mm -hmm. i'm into generally anyone who knows me anyone who listens to our podcast anyone who follows me on social media (laughs) knows that i am kind of like you know like uh how little kids will like just eat chicken nuggets yes. <laughs> like that is kind of me with prince like he's my main yeah. thing it's not that i don't like any other music i have room in my life for Morris other Day. music yeah yeah <laughs> Morris, yeah but i was gonna say but prince uh over his career spanned so many genres he had sure. so many proteges and associated acts and all of that so it's like it's a little bit of like a soap opera and like uh, a family tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a band called the family, um, <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, so there's plenty to listen to. I do listen to other things, but um, I guess I kind of just have like eclectic music taste, mm-hmm. um, you know, but Prince is like my main thing. Prince is like, Prince is what I always go to and reach for. And there's more than enough for like my oh, lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And- there will be more, it sounds like, too. Yes, yes, it sounds like... I Sometimes I wonder, because, like, if you've been hanging in there as, like, a Prince fam, as uh, the, as he encouraged us to call ourselves, <laughs> because he didn't like the word fan, because it's short for fanatic, and I guess that probably freaked him out a little bit, speaking of having people come up to you and say okay. hi. Um I wonder, like, people have been passing around, like, versions of things for a long time, things that I think he leaked or whatever. So it'll be interesting to hear if something comes out that I've, like, never heard in my life or or whatever. Um, That would be exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. And I'm very, very grateful for the things that are coming out with, like, uh, better fidelity and, and, you know, cleaned up and and packaged up because I love to collect everything. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested for the day when it's something that I've just flat out never heard before. Was that um, recent posthumous Welcome to America? Was that mostly out there? In the world already? Uh, that's a good question. Like how out there anything was. I think that there, there were things on there that I think I wasn't super familiar with. Mm. Um, but I loved it. I loved the Welcome to America release. It was, it was good stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I do already kind of know the answer to this, but for our listeners, Ramsey, what is your relationship with Prince? Uh, that's a, fun question i just like the way that was phrased uh i honestly think i stole it from this podcast i listen to normal gossip because they ask a question what's your relationship with gossip and i think that is in my uh, brain and that's why i formed it that way (laughs) also podcast recommendation i love that show oh good (laughs) uh during the pandemic uh the way music works for me is i will latch on to an artist unhinged behavior yes go on (laughs) and i will start at the beginning and listen to every single thing they've done and then 
usually come away like, do I like this artist? Yes, I do. And then I will listen to that artist, uh, not necessarily from beginning to end over and over again. But yeah, Your commitment to this is unparalleled. Remember during COVID, I was like, I'm going to watch every P.T. Anderson movie from beginning to end. I watched Boogie Nights, the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do a rewatch. I'm getting ready for Licorice Pizza. I watched only Boogie Nights. Yeah. It's a good one. It, it is, is a good, good one. one. Yeah. It was, it was enough. And then it threw me into a tizzy. Yeah, it was enough. It was enough. Yeah. I like um, that. Ramsey, that doesn't sound unfamiliar to me. I feel like um, I'm not going to call anyone in my family out, but we are, uh, I think, completism like runs mm. in yeah. our blood. Yes. Yeah, that's very much how I feel like how you are as well, Ramsey. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I did that with Prince, and uh, then I <laughs> filled in the gaps with a bunch of side projects and got Camille in there and all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, Pr- Prince turned into one that was like, I knew the hits, uh, yeah. but then everything post-Symbol era and that sort of thing was all new to me mostly. Um, and it was very exciting. I'm a big Prince fan now. Now you can be one of those people where like when Eric Alper on Twitter is like, what's your favorite song, Prince song of all time? And people are like Purple Rain. And then you can be like, oh, people only know Purple Rain. <laughs> Look into it. He has so many better songs. Oh, and they get so mad and they like gatekeep everything. And I'm like, I'm just happy that, you know, Purple Rain. It is a good song. Yeah. Uh, it was a great movie. Yeah. And uh, so let's let's be nice to each other. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, so, okay. So, oh wait, Heather, what, album- is, what is your oh, yeah. relationship? Yeah, with Prince? how do you feel about? Prince, I, I only Heather? know purple right now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I only know the hits, and I like them. I do yeah. think I generally have a positive association with Prince, but I think I really only know songs that were on the radio because you know. I don't think my parents really listened to Prince that much beyond what would have been on the radio, which I feel like is most of the, like, bands that were... I mean, I guess Prince was when I was just little more than anything, but... Your parents um, are, like, a couple Clarence Thomases, huh? (laughs) Did you hear that he just said last week that he was a fan of Prince in the 80s? Oh, no. I'm like, Clarence Thomas, do not. You've come for a a lot of things that are very important to me recently, and I do not (laughs) need this from you uh-uh. in yeah. this uh-uh. moment. Prince wouldn't be aligned with this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I like it, but I was never exposed to more than just the hits, basically, because like my parents weren't listening to it. And then yeah. it's never been something that I have seeked out on my own, as as Ramsey did. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I, I'm excited to tell you, Heather, that I just got 23 texts from the Prince store that the hits is now available on vinyl for the first time ever. So there you, you get go. That great. That's for great, you. Great. Yep. Well, um, Heather, you know perfect. what? I I am gonna talk about saying I'm gonna do something that I'll probably never do, but I'm gonna try to do it. And maybe Ramsey can help me since it's like so fresh in his memory. But I think we could put together like a Prince pop punk playlist oh. for you of like deep, you know, deep cuts and unreleased things I that would speak that. to you. Would speak and to then- you a little bit. I think that our listeners would like that, too, because I think All right. a lot of them might be in my camp of, you know. Yeah. 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 They know the hits. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Um, I love that. So, okay. So the album we're doing today is Sign O The Times. I believe um, it's pronounced Sign Peacetime The Times. <laughs> well, Sign Peacetime The Times. It's like, 
it looks like a Christmas title here uh, in Spotify, <laughs> the way it's written. Um, so tell me about this album in general. Like, where does it fall in the world of Prince? Sure. It came out when I, in 1987, when I was mm-hmm. in high school. Um, and for me, uh, I believe it's his, um, I believe it's his ninth studio album. Okay. Uh, for me, it was, it was how I knew I was like a fan for life. Like I discovered Prince when I was seven, when he was on American yeah. Bandstand singing, I want to be your lover. I was watching it at my grandmother's house with my teenage aunts who are <laughs> uh, not so much older than me. And I was like, I love this boy. Cause he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he was wearing gold pants and he had like this amazing hair that he was shaking everywhere. And, uh, and he sort of, uh, just, yeah, he he like didn't answer the questions in the interview, which I probably thought was cute and funny at the time. Yeah. Um, but l- like that song, without getting too deep, that song like really flipped a switch in my mind. And so I was a fan. I think my aunts gave me, uh, or let me listen to. They had his his prior album. Uh, and let me listen to it. And I was like, yeah, this is for me. This is for me. Um, and so, you know, so I went through like Purple Rain came out when I was a tween. Um, and, uh, my dad took me to see the movie on a visitation, which is like, you know, when your parents get divorced, your dad will take you to a rated R movie to make up for <laughs> missing the last couple visits. Sure, sure. And uh, my dad was such a rock and roll snob. He was like, really, um, he had good taste in music. And he was a massive fan of the Beatles talking about mm-hmm. that, like completism. The Beatles were like, what was for him? And I remember being like, Oh, talk about wanting to like unzip your skin and crawl out of it. Like the, the <laughs> sex scenes in Purple Rain. I was oh. like, I cannot believe I'm sitting next to my dad, like watching this is whoo. But I remember, <laughs> um, that last shot of the movie when Prince turns around and they freeze on him and he smiles and the lights came up in the theater and my dad was like, that kid is really talented, you know, which is, which I thought was so generous because I think parents tend to like kind of poop on things that their kids like. And, and, uh, and he didn't do that. He was like, thanks for introducing me to him. He's really talented. He's a great guitar player. And, uh, those songs are great. So I was like, yeah, but sign of the times, which is what we're talking about today (laughs) came out when I had just started high school. And, um, and to me, it felt like, uh, a really adult album, you know, yeah. and I'm not sure if that's because I felt more adult. Um, but I felt like for the first time I was spotting like some, some themes in there. He was talking about current events and, you know, it's literally the name of the album, Sign of the Times. He's talking yeah. about like what's going on in the world and, and what he sees as, uh, as troublesome on the horizon for, uh, for, the world and for America. And, uh, but then there's a lot of just like really, um, fun little, fun little songs in there that aren't 
super deep. Um, <laughs> and so it just, it had everything for me. And it's a nice long album. And I think I got, uh, I must have, I grew up like pretty poor. So like my music was usually like hand-me-down music from my aunts. Yeah. Um, or uh, I, I think I was like, my grandmother always helped me do like the, um, the, you know, like you Columbia get 10 house. Columbia house, you get 10 cassettes for like a penny yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I, she must have had like some kind of scam running because I don't remember like ever paying yeah. full price for any of the other. It was, I, I always only, got yeah, only pennies. What, yeah. Only pennies. Yeah. And then you yeah. cancel and then you'd switch to BMG. BMG. And then yes. Yes. Yeah. See, go you guys Columbia know house. the scam my Nana was yeah, running. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I, I got. I too was getting my parents to run this scam for me. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny. What was like you were allowed to get like how many cassettes for a penny? It was uh, five, or like, ten? It was like five or ten. Five or ten. Yeah. Ten, five. Yeah. And I would make my nana crazy because she'd be like, Okay, we're gonna do this and then I'd be like, I just want this one and she would be like, You can get <laughs> and I'd and I'd be like, No, I only want this Prince cassette and then she would just be like, I mean, get some for your friends. I rem- I remember getting like a Led Zeppelin tape for yeah. my friend or whatever. Like uh for my fraction of the penny. But yeah, my <laughs> nana would be like I know you just obsessively like this one guy, um, but it was pretty. I just also liked that it was stickers that you got to pick. Yes, stickers. that you got to oh, put yeah. the stickers. Yes, Picture of yes. the album. I sticker. forgot about yes. that. And this worked out so well for me because also I had won a Walkman like at a yeah. um, a community dance, like the yeah. first Walkman that ever existed, oh, yes. and it was something that my family never would have been able to afford in a million years. And also it made listening to the music private because prior to that, if I had to listen to something on the turntable, it was out in the living room and my mom would have snatched that (laughs) friggin' record from me. Like if, if she heard like darling Nikki, that would have been it. You know, I, I got to listen to it in my aunt's rooms uh, in, on their record player at my grandmother's house. Uh, and they had headphones, but I had none of those things. So if they had sent me home with the Purple Rain record, I would have been like, you know, that would have been it. But Sign of the Times, I got to listen to on the headphones. Yeah, there is something so formative to like the first music you get to listen to as a kid, like privately, like in your own world. Like it's so formative, like whether or not you feel like it's like illicit or not. It's yeah. like you're just creating your own world and like your own taste for the first time ever. Yeah. And it, and it just is so cool. It's such an amazing thing. And I mean, kids nowadays, it's like so much easier. Yeah. Yes. True. They don't know yeah, how easy they, they didn't have, have to like... It like that, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> no, they can but do it's it even true. earlier than we yeah. could have. Yeah. It's, I was really lucky because I had, you know, I had these two aunts. They were like my big sisters. They were like yeah. six years older than I was and they had allowances and just, you know, so I got clothes from them. I got, yeah makeup from them I got music from them and they were really into music so uh, you know so I feel like like my musical life started a lot earlier than probably a lot Mm -hmm. of kids because I don't know that parents share uh share music with their kids in that way but like for anyone that had and they were right at the right age too where that was like a priority for them because most people's siblings are like a couple years older right so you know but I was really just like a baby and they were like here's the Bee Gees here's you know the Commodores here's Diana Ross, here's this, here's that. So I just had access to everything really early. And Prince was like the first person who I was like, no, that's for me. Like, I'm, you know, 
That's for me. Could stake your claim with this. Yes, yes. So yeah, sign of the times. Got it, it on a Columbia House cassette. Is this two I know cassettes? it was um I think it was just one cassette, okay. but I could totally be wrong. Because like I, a cassette can be pretty long and you true. flip it over. What I do know I know for a fact that it was a cassette because 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 um, and my, I remember that beat up old prototype Walkman because when I started dating my husband, when I was a freshman in college, we lived on like this, it was just me and my mom on this like very treacherous acre, um, next to a farm. And my husband used to take the Walkman and the sign of the times, uh, cassette and mow the lawn. <laughs> and so, like, I think he's the one that, uh, eventually wore, wore the tape out. Like, oh, I, so I put some miles on it, but uh, when, <laughs> when I met him in college, yeah, he finished the job when he was mowing the lawn. <laughs> Anyhow. That's funny. Um, so I think that actually can lead us into, uh, Ramsey, your patented catchphrase here. <laughs> patented, yes. Please. Yeah, we pat- I, I patented it since our last episode. Show me this album art. <laughs> Love this album art. This is wild. It is cool. Yeah. There's so much happening. I believe the background is um from is scenery from a local theater in Minneapolis that I think uh-huh. they were doing a production of Guys and Dolls. Oh. I think it's from the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Um at Prince fams out there, definitely correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, politely, but, please. Yeah. <laughs> politely. Um, and then um, there's like this front grill of, yeah. is it a Thunderbird? Um, maybe that seems about right. And, um, or maybe it's not. Prince loved cars. Uh, obviously, <laughs> they're, they're a big motif yeah. if you ever visit Paisley Park. His car collection and various pieces of cars are stashed. Uh, but those, like the, that peach guitar, that's his cloud guitar on the ground in, mm. uh, in front of the drums and also peach drums. I think you can see those both at Paisley Park currently also on display. And it sort of ties into the song, You've Got the Look, uh, Color Me Peach and Black. Um, so that was, uh, that was a little, visual nod to the lyrics of that song so yeah it's a it's a great uh it's a great album cover it's very exciting and he is has like a whole new look and he's like off to the side sort of um not in focus and he's wearing glasses and he's not wearing makeup um which is unusual for him and just has kind of like it's so funny. Like I, I think at the time I'm like, this is like a more sophisticated, like grown up look. But now I'm like looking at the fashion, uh, and it's it's interesting. It's like a turtleneck, a peach turtleneck, yeah. and like a black jacket with shoulder pads, and it's kind of like, um, it's very like women's separates that I feel like hmm. you buy at Kohl's now. But at the time <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty. You know, it, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff for me because you know he's coming off of like uh. Like, you know, wearing these Baroque, what's the word, brocade outfits mm-hmm. and like really highly designed stuff. So this was very casual, like casual separates, easy to wear separates, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like women are constantly looking for to wear in a professional <laughs> setting. Is this, this is after Under the Cherry Moon, right? Or um, under the cherry moon was wait. I always I sorry I, before I want to say no. It's okay. Um, that's the album parade. So um, 
Yes, I think so, right? Yeah, because Parade is the eighth studio album. Okay. I'm trying to remember like when the movie came out in right. relation to um to this to this album coming out because that was like the problem with Prince. That's one of the reasons he had so much so many problems with his um his record companies that he signed with is that he was putting out too much material constantly and they were like you know, you have to stop. And that's why he had so many side projects <laughs> right. like The Time and Vanity Six and uh and just yeah, all these side projects because he just was putting out too much and why this is a double album. But yeah, the um Under the Cherry Moon came what came out March thirty first, nineteen eighty six. I also get a little confused because like this is also the time when like you saw you could go to see something at the movies but it was also like kind of likely that you're that like well in my case my parents would try to convince me to wait until it came out on oh. like VHS and re- totally. rent it or you know and I'm like but I don't want to just rent it one time but they were like you can watch it like a hundred times uh, <laughs> instead of but um yeah but I I definitely went to see uh both under the cherry moon and sign of the times in the theater because sign of the times has a concert film that goes along Mm. with it that's outstanding i recently watched it on criterion collection i think it's still on there uh oh yeah i think it is i think it's streaming on a in a few places like seems kind of indefinitely it seems like it's been up there for a while so although you know um you never know when they're going to pull something you love off your favorite <laughs> streamer. Yeah. So yeah. I also I have it on a Japanese DVD. If you ever Ooh. get stuck, <laughs> I can send you the DVD. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Um, so this is a long album. So I say we just get into it. Let's All right. What about that. All right. So we start out just coming in with the title track. I do love that. Yeah, Sign of the Times. It's such a great song. It's like, you know, a little foray into the political, um, you know, a li- it's it's funny, right? Because a lot of the ideas are outdated that like, you know, that like marijuana is a gateway drug to horse, yeah. to heroin. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if I, you want it to be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And but, you know, he's concerned with gang violence and, and things like that. Um which everybody was concerned with at the time. Sure. Uh, and it's, you know, I always wonder if it's something that he was seeing a lot of, or was he like, uh, you know, seeing a lot of in, in where he lived in Minneapolis, or was it like the rest of us? Was he like relatively kind of isolated because of yeah. his fame? And was it just like what he was hearing from the, from news, right? the right. rise yeah. of, yeah, the rise yeah. of the 24 hour news cycle? It's all. I am hoping that listening to this will get the Harry Styles song out of my head that's been stuck in my head oh. since Ramsey told me we were doing this album. Yes, 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 yes. I know. I kind very of different feel, vibe. Yeah. yeah, very different vibe. And also, um, you know, I guess I, I'm I'm assuming that Harry's album is like an homage, kind of like the title is an homage. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I feel like he's very aware of other musical artists as yeah an yeah artist, so. and i feel like his aesthetic is kind of like Agreed, a nod yeah. to that so uh, you know did he drop um, the f in of as well did he spell it out properly harry he, he spelled it of. out i okay. believe yeah. yeah of yeah yeah is this 
I mean, I assume it is, but is this your favorite Prince album? And I don't know. Then maybe that's too hard of a question for you. But. No, I mean, people ask me all the time what my favorite album is or yeah. what my favorite song is, and that's impossible for me to sure. answer. What I usually say is that... Um, I think like what's so great about Prince for me is that he has something for any occasion yeah. or feeling yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. feeling in my life. So when people are like, oh, I'm, you know, kind of sad and I need to cheer up and I need to get moving. I'm like, this is the album for you. This is the album yeah. for you. This one is just, it's a really good long album. It's great for the car. I know, you know, the words to every song backwards and forwards. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And like, it, and it brings me back to like that place in time to back to being in high school and feeling like a little independent for the first time. Yeah. Well, Ramsey, what is, what about you? Do you have a favorite Prince album? Again, I know last night I was at the bar and someone asked me what my favorite song was. And I was like, like in the world, wow. I don't know. That's so hard. Impossible. I don't have an answer. World? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like it's a weird choice. Maybe not. I really like the album Love Sexy. I love Love Sexy. Yeah, that one. I thought about talking about Love Sexy with you guys, too, because that was also like a high school album for me. Um, but it was it's confusing, right? It's all one track. Yeah. and. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, it's not, but that's how it's made yeah. to seem like it's all one track, and so yeah. it's hard to parse out. But it's such a good and also like super fun album. And if you ever have occasion to watch um, a full concert of that live, it's so good. Ooh. Highly recommend it, Ramsey. I'm going to do that. I'll find um, you. Ha- I'll find you a good link to one. <laughs> have you, Thank you? Did you get to see Prince live? You know, I was talking about how, like, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. So, like, uh, cultural events, uh, period, just weren't something that we did. I was actually thinking about it and, like... I think I went to the movies less than 10 times in my life before, like including drive-ins before I grew up and moved to New York city. So I never got to see Prince live until I was working in television and he was a guest on the shows that I worked on. So he appeared on the late show with David Letterman, which was my first job. And I got to be in the same room with him and, um, did you not, keep it together? I kept it together. I just told this story on another podcast where, like, it was like this joke that I thought was kind of corny. He agreed to do a cold open and I, mm-hmm. with Dave and Paul Schaefer, and I was shocked. And it was the time when he changed his name to uh to the symbol, uh-huh. and no one knew what to make of it. And everybody thought that he was being so eccentric, and I was yeah. like very defensive on his behalf. Yeah. Like, um, and he, I wasn't one hundred percent sure what he was doing either. It's just that at that point, I was an apologist for him yeah, you're like, and I'm trusting it. Yeah. yeah exactly now I know why he did it and he had really smart business reasons for doing it and I think also really smart personal reasons um, but at that time like everyone was just painting him to be like this eccentric freak yeah. and so he had agreed to do a cold open with Dave and Paul Schaefer and it was like a really I, I remember being like the joke is pretty corny I read the script for it but I was like I need to be in that room like in case Dave needs me <laughs> like during that time and uh, the joke ended with like a spit take and then uh, Prince was like you got her wet like cause some of the water Gosh. got on my pants and I just said I'm okay 
<laughs> so that's it. But um, he also was a guest on the Rosie O'Donnell show when I worked there. And cool. uh, yeah, and then I got to see him a few times, like performing on like the pl- plaza yep. for the Today Show or whatever, you know, what have you. But yeah, I never really saw him in concert. Yeah. But I mean, that's still he, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he talked about your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That one time. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. Like, I, I don't work in TV, but it's still I in my job. I def- And just living in New York, too. Like, we are in a spot of privilege where it's like, I do get to meet people who I think are very cool and who yes. I think are my idols. And it's like, it's such a surreal experience, especially when it's people that you've idolized since you were a kid. You're just like... Ah, like it's just such an exciting thing of like my child self of like from wherever like you know I'm from like a tiny town in upstate New York where it's like I'm gonna meet a celebrity in this town like and it's, <laughs> it's just so wild yes yes and I'm very so, much the type of person who I'm like I'm just gonna let it like I'm never gonna be effusive to someone no. that's not true I mean <clears throat> sometimes I think it's nice to tell people but also like yeah. because I've worked for and around celebrity my entire career yes. I have witnessed a million awkward conversations <laughs> where I'm like how is yeah. this poor person supposed to react to this person like losing mm-hmm. their mind right. over them and so and and I also never want to give someone the opportunity to like disappoint me like I'm happy Absolutely. with the I'm happy with the idea idea in my mind so I like want to leave it at that yeah I mean I think yeah I think there's a difference between like fanning out over someone and just like complimenting them you know there's a huge right. difference mm-hmm. and some people don't understand where that line is yeah though, to be yeah. fair yeah <laughs> um the speaking of like prints on those different shows like and the changing to a symbol like I and you I think you kind of started to get into this like what was your relationship with him like as like an icon and like doing like all those like the different cultural touch points where it was like I vaguely remember him changing his name to a symbol but I but I know to your point it was like the butt of a lot of jokes I think is mainly my point of reference for that and I'm curious what that was like for you as a huge fan of his work it was it was an interesting time like my parents had split up and then you know Prince sort of split up with his band mm. the revolution and i think mm-hmm. like i projected some of my feelings about like not being able to trust relationships on that i yep. was like it was like you know to me like wendy and lisa not being in the band with him anymore was uh a lot like oh mom and dad aren't together anymore wow. because i really loved sure. them as well so um that took me like a little while to get over and you know in like I said, like people were making it out like he was a vampire or something, you know? So, um, so it was, you know, and I was a kid, so I wasn't super savvy about it, but, um, I think like I knew that I still loved him. Like I knew that I still loved my parents (laughs) and, uh, and saw that everybody was going to be okay despite like splitting up and, and that he was still going to do interesting things that were worthwhile to me. Um, so I just sort of like hung in there and, uh, yeah. So that was like my relationship to the phenomenon that was, was Prince at that time. And I guess kind of same question for you. I know you came in later, but, what was your awareness of Prince like at, you know, as growing up? Uh, I'm curious too, because we're the same age. And so I'm curious if it's similar to mine or if you were more aware, because I, I feel like I was not super aware. I was, yeah, I do definitely remember the symbol thing. I remember him writing slave on his face. When yes. was, when was the symbol thing? Like what year would that have been? Years? 
90, early um, 90s? Is that pro- right? Yeah, the early 90s. Okay. Like 1994. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I had no frame of reference of that in time. I was like, yeah. I, I was a child? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and for some reason, I do remember him being on the Muppets, sh- the Muppet show. Uh, <laughs> that was later. Well, yeah. yeah, he was on Muppets That's tonight. Funny. Yes, uh, yeah. But that was like the... May the full extent of my early yeah. experience with Prince, yeah, uh, yeah. but just more more aware yeah. of him as an idea uh, or like yeah. a, a yeah. cultural reference. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, I got very distracted by Prince telling me to shut up already. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, we should probably talk about the album itself as well. So yeah. we're already on the third song, yeah, um, Housequake. Yeah, so. Y- you guys both mentioned like Prince albums having different sounds. Like yes. what kind I don't even I'm trying to figure out how to form this question, but like where does this fit in with like the different sounds? Like what kind of what phase of Prince is this? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's this is one of the more eclectic albums, I would think. It's like it's mm-hmm. funk, it's pop, it's house music, it has elements of jazz, uh, R&B. So this is this one I think is like kind of like a themeless hmm. album maybe. I don't know. It has some like uh he he's like getting into like psychedelic territory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so I- yeah, so I don't know that I would say that this one has like a strict genre. Um as we listen, like this is clearly like a party song. Yeah. Like, this is uh, yeah. Housequake is, you know, it's just about dancing and it's about that beat. I think of this album as being slightly more electronic than his earlier stuff. Um, yeah, that- yeah, that makes sense. Although he always had like the elect, you know, the the drum machine, the right. Lynn drum machine he was using. So it's a little bit of like a a different sound, a departure. Um, yeah, I, I, like a a turn away from pop maybe but that's yeah. also hard to say because there are two songs on here that could straight up be like children's television show theme songs <laughs> okay you know can't what wait I mean? for those <laughs> yeah well play in the sunshine which we just talked over okay. is one of them um, okay. which i just think is like a happy song about after that heavy sign of the times yeah. you have play in the sunshine that's like listen i know the world is not great but here's what we're gonna do we're gonna dance and we're gonna sing yeah. and we're gonna play and be happy and be joyous we're gonna have joy and then this is about, like, you know, what happens at night after the sunshine. <laughs> party. During yep. a house party, yeah. And we're going we're gonna to make the house shake, and the neighbors are going to call the police on us. <laughs> <laughs> when I was... Uh, my, my dad would constantly just bring home gadgets that, like, he found at garage sales and that sort of thing. And w- Classic dad move. Yep. Uh, but one of, like, the... the best things he ever got was like this pretty good i want to say yamaha keyboard that oh cool somebody was moving and probably needed to get rid of um yeah but it had that orchestra hit sound on it the yeah and yeah every time i hear it i'm just remembering mashing that sound as much as possible <laughs> that's so funny it's, uh and it's it's everywhere in this era but i i love it <laughs> yes I mean, I defy anyone to not like bop along to this song. Yeah. It's yeah. It's super fun. And I think this was before we started recording. Uh if you want a 
much longer version of this, it is available for you as well <laughs> on the uh, Super yes. Deluxe. Yes. Sometimes you just want that. Yeah. Sometimes you just want a 15-minute housequake. <laughs> 15 minutes? It's, I don't think it's quite 15 minutes. Oh, my God. But. That's so long. Uh, I mean... Seven. But I do get that you could just kind of get into, like, a groove with this, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Just dance. I like that. <laughs> that whole world of, like, the 12-inch remix is kind of before my time. I, it, It's just... Right. So you can, like, put on one song, I guess, right? That, like, you can just let it ride or is it more for like a dj audience i think it's like Ooh. more for dj purposes like i think it's meant to be used in a club but also like you know you can put it on and clean your room or <laughs> you know do a workout right oh yeah you know like you know so it has its it has its uses and applications in the modern world the non-club world <laughs> sure <sighs> Okay, he told you to shut up again. Yeah. Okay, yeah, again. I'm glad we left that open each time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so, yeah, so this is yeah. a really interesting song, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker. I think it, like, one thing that I love about it, and I'm sure this really got me in high school when I thought I was so artsy, is it has, like, a really complicated rhythm and rhyme scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it name-checked Dorothy Parker. Prince, I think, claimed that he just named this character in this song Dorothy Parker and that he wasn't aware of her as a writer. I I think at some point that, or that he, it wasn't named after the Dorothy Mm. Parker, but I'm sure at the time I assumed that it was. And I, when I was a teenager, I just thought like Dorothy Parker was the shit because she was so salty and acerbic and, uh, you know, um, and it seems like this character is also kind of like interesting and salty and acerbic. But anyway, this Dorothy Parker in the song is about uh, a waitress on the promenade who worked the night shift. Dishwater blonde, tall and fine. <laughs> she got a lot of tips. Uh, that's the, the description. But anyway, uh, the story of this song is that uh, the the main character, the singer of the song, has gotten into a fight with his partner. He's gone to this diner, got this waitress who has a, a quick wit, and, uh, and a my favorite part is uh, when she asks for his order, and he says, yeah, let me get a fruit cocktail. I'm not too hungry. Um, <laughs> weird. Terrible diner order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, then it's just, so it's just a story song about, like, this time that he shares with this waitress. They go back to her place uh but he's not going to do anything with her because he's kind of going with someone mm-hmm. they take a bath with his pants on and then oh, that um, just, this seems I know, very it's uncomfortable gr- it's uncomfortable but Ugh. also s- the safest you know yeah. we're talking about safe sex back in these times uh Second that's pretty safe of wet pants on this podcast yes <laughs> it's true always wet pants with this guy um <laughs> i that feels big, yeah extremely yeah, that's yeah. very true um and uh i believe that's what the he, song soft and wet is about our pants yeah i think so yeah. i think so yes sweatpants specifically <laughs> and um he name checks Joni mitchell in this song which uh we we know uh, Prince is a huge fan. Uh, Prince was a huge fan of Joni Mitchell's. And he even, like, he doesn't sample uh, her, but sings, like, a little motif. Uh, yeah. A little Joni Mitchell motif. That's cool. And um, and it's just great. It's really interesting, and it's a really complicated song. And I think a lot of people don't get it. Like, they're, like, it's, like, too weird. But um, 
I just think it fits together perfectly and love it so much. And I love all the little loops of like, he has a, he loops himself saying, well, <laughs> in this song and it appears over and over. And I'm just like, that's perfect. That's like one of my favorite things in life to say as well. Yeah. Is, I like that. Is that a weird Reagan reference that hasn't occurred to me until just now? Oh, it's possible. That's a really good point. I mean, it could be, it could be, or it could be just something that like, he's from Minnesota. I feel oh, like yeah. that's, probably mm. you know uh oh well <laughs> as like a reaction is is probably very minnesotan yep, so uh, yeah right. i think it's i think it's a a great little song and it's just like a jam and it's a nice a nice way to unwind from housequake prior to yeah. it there's no real chorus to it it's just kind of flows right through Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's like a little bit of an art piece, which, you know, like I said, when you're, when you think that you're like becoming a blossoming artist <laughs> when you're in the ninth or 10th grade or whatever, uh, <laughs> I'm, I know that I was like, this is genius. I went to a diner last night <laughs> at like 2am Yeah, and it was overall a weird experience because the New York city diner is just generally a weird place in the middle of the night. But they, we weren't allowed to have waters until after they took our orders because they said the menus are too big for the table. Whoa, that's a very specific. Wow. They were like, they were like, no. After you order, we bring you water. And we were like, oh, oh you didn't okay, even have well. the chance to accidentally get your pants wet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I am a huge spiller, so I honestly would have knocked it over. It's good they didn't give it to me. But <laughs> it's clearly a policy that this is like a thing that has happened many times. We don't want to. It's happened so many times. I don't fault them at all. The table was extremely small. Yeah, knocked over all four waters at the table (laughs) with one menu. That's what every rule, every rule that you think is ridiculous, it exists for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, whether or not you choose to follow it, that's fine. But you know someone came up with it because (laughs) something happened. These tables were exceptionally small. My friend, one of my friends got the meatloaf, which, which... is a wild order at yeah. two in the morning, in my personal opinion. And it came with like seven sides. I swear to God, this was like a nine course meatloaf meal. And we barely had room on the table for all the food. Wow. We That's so, bad planning on the part of that yeah. restaurant. They need to like consider the size of their tables. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You know, what can you do? You should write uh, a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> your, your diner table tables are too small. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is this a is this song about the clown? Oh, we're on it. Oh, it. <laughs> we're on the track. It. I was just going to say this is not about the clown. Uh, this is about doing it. Okay. Oh. Sex. Uh oh. Explicit. This just, yeah. This is just like um. Well, he actually only ever says it, but um. Think Vaguely about it. Explicit. <laughs> think about it all the time. Want to do it all night long. This is just pretty much straight up, like you know. I'm what, your, what your parents were afraid of <laughs> yeah. when you're yeah, yeah 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 and this is like i have to say this is actually kind of like innocent and provincial compared to like a yeah. lot of like it's very chaste compared yeah. to a lot of prince songs i mean like he gets very graphic so this is like i don't know if he just was like let me put this in so like the kids will know what i'm talking about <laughs> but the moms won't freak out right and sure. uh yeah but it, it's just it's very straightforward it's like a little bit of a bop but it's like it's not too deep you know I like just that. about like wanting to do it <laughs> which also like in high school i was like yes i also want to do it i'm sure 
I'm sure that was heavy on my mind at that time. Yeah, as it is for most teens. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite song on this album or is that a hard question? It's a hard question. I could maybe narrow it down to three. I don't know. Um, no, I couldn't. It's more than three. Yeah. I d- I'll tell you if we want to jump ahead. The last song on the um, on the album is "Adore." I love mm-hmm. that song just for personal reasons. Like yep. my husband was not a huge Prince fan. He was like a, you know, he was like, like you're saying like a passive yeah. consumer, although he, he's older than you are. So like he grew up like sure. Em- yeah. Embroiled in it more than, than you would have been. But, um, I love that song. It's not even among like Prince aficionados. It's not a favorite song, but, um, I just like, I don't know. One time we visited Paisley Park and we went to like a party there after hours and they played a door and my husband asked me to dance and he was like so into like the song on that yeah. hearing mm. and it just seemed like everybody was just like having such a good time at that party and um that after he went and got uh the word adore tattooed on his arm because oh, wow. it was like had been such a yeah. moment for him and um yeah so I, I mean like I love that for that reason that it affected him that way um, yeah. on on hearing it in like a, a certain time and place but like I love Sign of the Times I love the ballad of Dorothy Parker I love Forever in My Life which is also like a really complicated sounding song I love You Got the Look that was a hit um, I love it because it was a hit and because it's I think he and uh, Sheena Easton are such a funny cocktail <laughs> Um, I love If I Was Your Girlfriend. It's an extremely important song, in my opinion. I love the song Strange Relationship. So here I am, like, almost naming, like, half of the album. So, no, I can't pick a favorite. I can't. That's funny. Long, long story long, no. <laughs> what about you, Ramsey? Uh, like, when I think of this album, You Got the Look is the first thing I think of. It's very catchy. It is. Yeah. yeah probably the poppiest one on here maybe um yeah i don't know why i'm uh, the cross is gets stuck in my head at times too i think just the sort of like slow droning yeah um yeah i think i i i went to see um i went to see npg one of prince's bands play in minneapolis and um, the drummer for that band, this guy, Michael Bland, who I'm friendly with, who's so fantastic. He's one of the best drummers ever, mm. in my opinion. Um, he plays with Soul Asylum, who's also from Minneapolis. And uh, Dave Perner came out and sang The Cross. And it was so, so, so great. Um, but it did make me laugh because uh, a teenager in the audience like nudged me and was like, who is this white man? Everyone seems to love him. And I was like, he's a singer from a band like back in the, you know, but they're still a band, but like everybody knows him from like high school and college. And he was like, he's really good. <laughs> and I thought it was so cute, but he, t- he killed it. He did a great job. That's really funny. <laughs> I, I think on Twitter, friend of the show, Tom Sharpling referred to it as a, uh, the best velvet underground song. I think, which that pops into my head every time. Yes, yes. So now we're listening to Starfish and Coffee. I know this song. 
Yeah, you probably know it from Muppets Tonight, I'm guessing. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) He performed it on Muppets Tonight. That is Um, most likely my frame of reference. (laughs) Yeah. It's um, actually, okay, so I'm going to try to tell this quickly because it's such a short song. Um, But uh, Wendy Melvoin, who's a member of the Revolution, has an identical twin sister, Susanna Melvoin, who is Mm -hmm. uh, in one of Prince's, like, associated act band protégés, the family. He and Susanna were engaged. I have theories about that. I feel like maybe Wendy was the love of his life. And uh, because she was gay and in a relationship with Lisa Coleman, uh, the keyboardist from the revolution, it was never happening. And so I think, I don't know, Hmm. I'm Wendy and, uh, and Susanna, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for my theories that are probably painful to you. Um, but anyway, uh, starfish and coffee is about a girl, Cynthia. They used to tell him this story about this girl, Cynthia, that they went to grade school with that, um, that you know was an unusual <laughs> character and mm-hmm. uh and when they would ask her what she had for breakfast she'd say starfish and peepee and uh according to them and uh he was like tell me that story again and then he wrote this and he was like the peepee's gotta go but it's like a good story <laughs> so he wrote this starfish and coffee song which i think could be like a, again like a theme song to a children's show i think it's clearly like a sensitive portrayal of a, of a child that's maybe neurotypical and having to be mainstreamed in school. And he's just saying like, you're amazing and you're beautiful and like, keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. Like draw on the walls. If that's what you do, you know? Uh, Also, I figured out, yes, I probably do know it from Muppets, but the, (laughs) um, the artist Matt Nathanson did a cover of this that I think I like Ah. loved in college. And so I think that's what it was. Cause in my head, I knew I wasn't hearing it in Prince's voice. <laughs> yes, yes, that makes sense. And so sense. it was a cover version uh, by Matt Nathan. That what makes it was. sense. I'd never heard that story. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's a cute story. It's... I love when they share little windows yeah. into like that creative process. It's really cute. Wouldn't... Yeah, it's also really funny to hear Pee-Pee's got to go in Prince's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the Pee-Pee's got to go. <laughs> um, this song, "Slow Love," is a an outlier in Prince's catalog. He did not write it. Mm. Uh, It's written by a woman, Carol Davis. Mm. It's a cover of her original that she had released on a prior album. And uh, he has like a co-write on it because he added a line. I think she said the song about uh, the line about you can see the race car driver. Uh, And, uh, but it's, it's literally just like a, you know, Again, like a pretty horny song, I feel like. But <laughs> it's interesting, like, it, it's not filthy, again. So I always wondered, like, what was it? Whenever Prince rarely bought a song from someone who had, yeah. like, written, uh, someone else who had written it, and he was so prolific that I always wondered what the motivation was for him. And so this is a curious song for me because I'm like, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's super fun to sing along to when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what was it about Prince where he was like, I have to have this song. Yeah. And according to Carol Davis, like the negotiations were pretty, like he kept after it. So hmm. I'm like, did he have like a crush on her or did it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, did he just want to like spend more time negotiating with her <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know, so funny. but I don't know that it was, you know, sometimes like, 
he might have just had like some association with it that we'll never be aware yeah. of. But I always yeah. wonder like what was it about this song that he considered it so important to like pay cold hard cash for it <laughs> and uh, put it on this album. Yeah. I mean, yeah. must have loved it, yeah. I guess. I, I, yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. And the way that she talks about it, like, it's interesting because the way that people talked about Prince before he passed and after he passed, I find is a little, you know, people are a little softer, obviously, post his passing. But I feel like things that I read about it prior to his passing and maybe even after, she was like a little like, you know... Like, I don't think they were offering me a fair deal. Mm. And, like, I yep. I argued for, like, a fairer deal. But, like, he got a co-write on it. And he really did only add that one line. But I also think, like, um, credits were a thing that he was, like, pretty casual about. Or maybe not. Maybe he was shrewd about them. But sometimes he gave people credits on songs that he wrote just so they could, like, get some money. Huh. And they, oh, you know, according yeah. to people, like people that hadn't written songs and I think he also like conversely sometimes didn't give credit to people uh, who felt that they had a lot to do with certain oh, songs so That's interesting. yeah and so I think he used it as like an, a reward system and uh, I think he simultaneously thought it was a big deal and not a big deal at all hmm. so I gotta say the most filthy thing about the song is just the slow jamness of it yes yes and that it's like a saxophone yep. which i always find lurid yes you know like i'm, I'm i think this saxophone is the most embarrassing <laughs> instrument like i will die if you make me listen to baker street and like make eye contact with you you know like i'll i'll die i, I think i'll that's, die from yeah. it and I don't know what it is. I guess it's... I don't know what it is. If you, if there are any um, mental health professionals listening <laughs> and you think you have an idea of why a saxophone makes my face burn with shame, mm-hmm. let me know. I think... I mean, I feel like Prince maybe made it too too sexy for you. It's... I don't know that it's necessarily <laughs> Prince. And, like, I'm not talking about, like, like yakety sax. Like, it's just honking, sure. You know, like sure, a honking. Sure, sure, sure. But, like, something about extended notes on a saxophone. I guess because it okay. sounds, like, so human and plaintive mm. and, like... Yeah loud and desperate it's yeah, like yeah, makes yeah. me uncomfortable what about in like a bruce springsteen context bruce springsteen um that's a really good question i was gonna bring up uh bruce later if we if we get to him but um yeah it's not this but i feel like there's always such like a um like a wholesome engine to bruce springsteen songs yeah. that it doesn't feel as lingering the saxophone over everything else but um yeah, that's a good question. I have to test okay. that out and see if there are any uh, E Street saxophone moments that make me want <laughs> to die out. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like yeah. a weird BuzzFeed list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song "Hot Thing" is a little like, uh, you know, I'm today people wouldn't be so into because it literally has the lyric "Hot Thing," barely twenty one. Oh right. Um, and <laughs> although, I'm, how old was he when this came out? I mean, he was. Not a baby. <laughs> he was okay. in okay. his twenties. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, okay. So it was one of those things. I think where where people today would be like, ew. Um, yeah. But also totally not uncommon for the for yeah. the time, I guess. And it's like a straight up horny song as well. He was twenty nine. I did some quick um, math. He was twenty nine. Okay. okay, yeah. So you know, yeah. Now, yeah. Um, not Greece, but we have uh, songs that are way worse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I think this is uh this might be my least favorite song on the on okay. the album. Um It's definitely my even saying that is like weird for me cuz I don't I don't have a least Cuz you favorite. still like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. like I'm not going to not listen to yeah. it when it comes up. Yeah. I remember feeling like this song went on forever in the movie when I watched it. Yes, yeah, because it's like a big like dance yeah. you know it's it's it seems like a set piece but um but i it mean doesn't... it is kind of long too i mean it's yeah. five and a half minutes oh, it might yeah have been the same exactly yeah. yeah yeah but it doesn't um it doesn't really have a lot of like like one thing i can say about every prince song it, this is a game my husband and i play frequently where I, he'll be like I'm gonna try to guess your favorite part of this song hmm. and it'll always be like like a noise that he makes or like some phrase yeah. that he says or some like little beat or whatever and this would be like one where I'm like oh, I probably don't have like a favorite part where I'm like you know uh, you know that would suck me into listening right. to yeah. the song um, yeah it's pretty it's on the long side you know and it's about someone who's barely 21 <laughs> and telling her parents that she's coming home late if she's coming home at all. Ugh. Why are you telling your parents that? Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just don't, they yeah. probably don't even want to know. say you're staying at your friend's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a I normal person just lied to them. Honesty, Come I on, I think. I don't know. Yeah. No, they're 21. <laughs> just lie. That's an adult. Also, every, <laughs> every line in this starts with hot thing. Like, it really... Yes. Yes. Hammers at home? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what other music were you into at this time in high school when this came out? Well, I mean, probably not a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel really fortunate to have lived through the year 1984, which I think was like an incredible year for pop music and so like the radio was just amazing so like i probably was still hanging on like loving cindy lopper i i really really love cindy lopper i think she is um an underrated talent uh and um i also really really love lionel richie Hmm. and i think that he's an underrated was a favorite of mine as a child yeah i think he's an underrated talent so i was probably just like still like high on those fumes from like 1984 even still when 1987 rolled around i was also like i only listen to music from 10 years ago still (laughs) yeah i was a cheerleader and so i Mm -hmm. think i was like probably listening to whatever yeah we were dancing to Mm. i love janet jackson i don't Mm -hmm. think she's an underrated talent i think she's exactly appropriately (laughs) rated um, uh, but, uh, you know, Janet Jackson even has like some affiliation with Prince in that she was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, members of the time. And so, um, that's why she shouts out Minneapolis, uh, oh. sometimes in her, in her vocals. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's mostly, that was mostly who I cared about. I think I'm trying to think I, yeah, at that point. Yeah. That's, that's, that was my world. It's a good list. Yeah. <laughs> the Eurythmics, maybe? Some Eurythmics? Oh. This is uh, Forever in My Life. This is a really good song. Um, 
clearly here's the thing with Prince songs. There's a lot of women that think that every romantic song is about them (laughs) and they lay claim to it uh, often in the public sphere. I don't know specifically who this song is about, but he clearly to me like was deeply in love with the idea of whoever he was writing this song about. Cause it's about like settling down with someone. Um, and, uh, well that he never really settled mm. down with anyone for any amount of time. But, um, so who knows, uh, who this song is about. I suppose I could look it up and see who thinks it's about them, but it's just a really beautiful romantic song. And, uh, it's also like, has like a little bit of a complicated, rhythm that like keeps you on your toes so i'm super into it i like the backing vocals are uh very beautiful i think and the drum beat yeah this is i think when i think of the electronic stuff i I think of this beat a lot yeah i think it's it's so prominent in this song yeah, and it's, and it's an interesting mix, too, because it's a really spare arrangement, and he's singing it with, like, um, this soulful voice, but it has, like, kind of this el- electronic drum beat, and then also um, these backing vocals that are in harmony, and something interesting about print, well, it's interesting to me, I don't know, I never know if uh, what I'm telling people is interesting, but I'd read, and I always had this feeling, but then I read it in some book, and I don't know what book it is, so forgive <laughs> me, but Prince often did uh, layered vocals of just himself, it's often just him singing, and so you'll hear like these really, uh, really fat harmonies, um, and that's where these backing vocals are. And I was uh, always fascinated because sometimes if you like re- listen really carefully to the layers, the voices are different. Like the qualities to the voices hmm. are different. And I was like, was he doing that intentionally or, you know? And so I read somewhere that like not only was it intentional, but he was like assigning kind of like personas oh. to every voice and like even, uh, various ability levels to the voices and um yeah so that so that's really interesting to me that that he was maybe you know a, a, like um assimilating like a choir right. basically of of a made up of different members just on his own this is confusing to me because the character oh oh we can't hear Heather, you yeah. I, hey. I, <laughs> I was saying i was saying i do think that is interesting to other people just so you know like that I'm, that's very interesting back to me <laughs> uh and i was just gonna say i think the character of prince the the main character on the song would not hire a poorly experienced singer <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. Well, you know what? It's interesting that you say that, but and this is no shade to anyone, but like you know, let's talk about like Apollonia, who is like more of an actor than a singer, and um, and also Ingrid Chavez, who he worked with, who is more of a poet than a singer, and uh, he really just like encouraged them to like get in there, do it, and like we'll work with it. So I think he was able to find something beautiful about a number of different kinds of voices even if they weren't um you know like a a really technically a skilled singer wendy and lisa are good singers but they're not like that's not what they're 
the technically most proficient yeah. at. Um, he was wild about Kate Bush and like mm. I, you know, and I mean, obviously everyone is right now. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Kate Bush. Good for you. You deserve it. But she doesn't have like a super traditional voice. Right. So um, he loved a singer. He loved a, a woman who could, you know, blow the doors off of wherever she was singing from but he also loved like a unique like sort of you know not technically great singer who was there for like whatever reason what you know whether she was cute or whether (laughs) you know uh i don't i don't know i can't say but um yeah so he did definitely work with people who uh who weren't and I think he probably wouldn't have said that he was the best singer himself. Mm. Um, I, I think that he he considered himself probably uh, a, a musical savant when it came to instruments, but I don't think that he thought that he had the best voice. I think he was fairly self-conscious mm. about his voice. So, anyway. I'm, I'm curious, and this, I don't know if this is a hard question or not, I'm curious how like after being a fan of him for so long, how your relationship with his music has like changed, you know, obviously over spanning multiple decades. Um, it's, there just keeps being more of it. Um, mm-hmm. and like, and now I can just buy whatever I want. Cause I'm a grown up and <laughs> sure, I'm, not of course. Poor, I'm not a poor kid anymore. Yeah. And so, um, it's all like it's all pretty great to me like i i consider it a gift you know yeah. i consider it a gift it gives me something to think about it's creatively inspiring to me it's also the basis of many great friendships that i have mm-hmm. um with other people who love his music or some yep. of my closest friends and also i've been really fortunate to meet some people that had the privilege of working with him and they are they have become friends of mine yeah. and so yeah so i just consider it like a starting point and not to sound like too woo <laughs> you know because i'm not like i'm i'm not a fanatic and i realized yeah. he was just a man uh and that and in an in imperfect man that people have a lot of opinions about but it's such a starting point and i always yeah. like really I love a person who's like a connector who's generous in that way. Yeah. And so when someone is like, you know, wants you to meet their other friends because you've had the opposite, right? You've had this in your life yes. where you like, you know, people that just want you to know everyone they know. Yeah. And then you know, people that are like kind of closed off and they keep you in this like compartment yep. or whatever. And you'll never know anyone else they know. And, and th- so that limits like your role in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I think of Prince as like the, the best like unintentional connector and the music is just like an endless fire. <laughs> to like talk about so that's yeah. my relationship like my current relationship with his music yeah and I mean it's like I, it, I totally get it because like as someone who like I you know came up listening to like emo and pop punk like it, especially at a time before it was like kind of cool you know it's yeah. like it is a shorthand with people and it's like yes. it's not my entire life or entire personality but it's like it's a shorthand to be like oh I'm probably gonna get along with this person because there's at least this shared interest you exactly. know and it's like exactly creating a community around that that isn't exclusively about the shared interest but right you have that as a starting base which also like as a as you like get older, it's so much harder to make friends as adults and find people. So it's like finding your community in those ways. It's like, it's just a nice shorthand to be able to like 
find your people. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, especially now community is more important than ever. I also think it's a kind of a thing that we forgot and dropped the ball on for a really long time. Um, I think that we just were all, um, under the delusion that we could be completely independent and autonomous and not really have community because we had like conveniences to replace all of these things. And um, so I think we're always looking for ways to find community. And this is like Prince has always offered me some community, like whether it was with my aunts or like, you know, my friends, Lisa and Janet, who were like my main Prince buddies. Yeah. uh, you know, when I was in middle school and, you know, just, yeah, always, always. My friend Kamani yeah. Mason, who, like, I recognized was wearing, like, Prince-inspired fashions <laughs> in high school. Yeah. And I was like, That's this cool. guy's, like, going to be my BFF, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the, he that's something, like, that has always... Um, been impressed upon me and now it's just easier but prince was always like he was like the first person on the internet you Hmm. know so like that so i when i got dial up internet when i was like bringing kaboing kaboing like logging on to you know i was logging on to websites to talk to other like prince lovers Mm -hmm. and probably sometimes prince himself because there's like a a few message boards where everyone's pretty convinced it was Hmm. him getting on there to find out what people were talking about yeah yeah yeah. that's cool yeah, and he also had his own, you know, virtual CD-ROM-based entertainments <laughs> and things yeah. like that. So he, he, I think he understood the importance of community yeah. in like a million ways. Right. And and uh, and uh, I wish that he had had more community at times because I think it was probably pretty isolating to be that yeah. famous. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm, s- but anyhow, I'm still stuck on somebody he- having the confidence in high school to dress like Prince. Like, that's awesome. Good for that guy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Not totally, but icon. you can like, get that, like, it was, there was, like, a little inspiration going on there. A little, a little trench coat coming Love out that. before trench coats were scary. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked over You Got the Look, but we kind of talked about it earlier, that pairing mm-hmm. with Sheena Easton. My husband's high school um, jazz band performed oh. it, which I always found weird. I didn't That's know funny. him back then. But, like, there literally is a line, let's get to ramen. And so, like, a high school music <laughs> teacher yep. coached a girl singer to sing that at, like, uh, my husband's high school uh, concert. Oh, your body's hella Anywho, slamming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have concerns about that teacher. <laughs> I mean, again, it was a different time, but, yeah. like, that's such a fun song, and I think it, like, to me, it always makes me think of the Batman soundtrack, the way that, like, that, you know, there's so much humor in it, and, um... And just all of these like comical comic book like asides in that song. It's really fun if you haven't listened to it in a long time. Um, don't make a high school kid sing it, but listen <laughs> yeah, to that's it. Not yourself. That's the best way to listen to this song. Yeah, no, it's such a short song, so that's why we talked over it. Now we're listening to "If I Was Your Girlfriend," which I just mm. consider a really, really important song. It's super vulnerable. I think it really speaks to like a lot of the issues that surrounded Prince's sexuality, like a lot of the questions that people had about Prince's sexuality. Um, and there were a lot. Uh, and I Does always... Was he ever open about his sexuality? I mean, he just was openly straight. But oh, also okay. at the same time... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Openly straight got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was openly straight. Like, yeah. But I think at the same time, he was like, listen, I wear heels. I wear, yeah. like, basically what amounts to women's clothing. I wear makeup. And also, like, I talk about a lot of these things. And, like, there are a number of songs when he, you know, there's a song, Anesthesia, that came out, like, in this era, too, where he's like, have you ever, he's basically saying, have you ever been so lonesome you would be with anyone if it was a boy or a girl? And if I was your girlfriend, I think is, is really talking about, uh, he said it was about one thing. He said it was about being jealous of the friendship mm-hmm. between Wendy and Susanna when he was dating Susanna. Mm-hmm. But I really, I think it goes a little deeper than that. And it's worth like a close listen. But I think it's important. And of course, uh, I think that Beyonce also loved If I Was Your Girlfriend because I think a, a number of her her songs have been kind of inspired and... and uh, refer to if I was your girlfriend. Anyway. I but, I did I was looking it up because I was like it uh it was triggering something in my brain. I did figure out that it was triggering uh Justin Bieber if I was your boyfriend in my brain. But oh, um Bonnie and Clyde did sample uh if I was your girlfriend. Oh I did there see you that. go. Okay. Okay. And now this song Strange Relationship I think is also a really great song because here's why I love this song. He and again, like, is it autobiographical? I don't know. Is it just merely like a song that he wrote based on observation of human behavior? But he's literally saying, like, I'm, we have a strange relationship. I don't like how much you love me. It makes me upset and it makes me not be a good person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like vulnerable in a way yeah. that, like, it's just very plain spoken about shit that like people are very gaslighty about and I just think it's interesting that he observed this at all just saying like we we can't stay away from each other and it's like a toxic relationship basically and you know and it's a good song (laughs) (laughs) and also um, there's a really great like uh, later version of this uh, that is um, like just him at a piano and that's like a slower not this driving version of it but um, it's beautiful I do like the vibe yeah. of this one a lot yeah yeah something about that that uh, keyboard lick right there just it's fun it's it's a very even though it's like a uh more emotional song than the the music makes you think the boop 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 to do just yes yeah yeah it's like yeah he's saying like uh i can't stand to see you happy more than that i hate to see you sad honey if you left me i might do something rash you know like all all of these things that we've all heard and and then it's like uh, against this like bouncy happy Yeah. yeah Yeah, the acoustic version, the piano version is much slower. It's slowed down. It's stripped down, and it's uh, much more haunting. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny to have like uh, all of these like toxic themes <laughs> over like such a bouncy s- background. But also, I think it's like especially as a girl, like these are this is stuff that I heard from like every guy that I ever dated. Like I hate to see you happy. Yeah, you know, like. It, like that bothers me. Um, and I think it, I think it's like uh, a real, like 
toxic masculinity questioning yeah. song. Um, okay, here's where I want to talk about Bruce Springsteen. I could never take the place of your man, which is like I think one of the more fun sections of the concert film because they they really acted yeah. out with um, with everybody. Uh, but I think that um, I would love if Bruce Springsteen covered this song. I think oh. it's a perfect a perfect Bruce Springsteen. It just feels like it to me. Yeah, I can see that. I really i I really like this one so far. It also just sounds like extremely poppy in a way that I love yes. pop music too. Yes. Well, it's a, it's like a very straightforward like pop yeah. rock song. I also think uh, when you were mine, if Bruce Springsteen, I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> if you could cover, yeah. I could never take the place of your man in like a double header with when you were mine, also by Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would make me so happy, and I think you could do it. You you know, I think you could. I'm trying to remember. It might have been Royals by Lord. He did a cover of it was some song, but he changed the. That sounds right. He changed like to like in the song it's women, but he changed it to men. Like he changed it. Yeah. uh, Don't don't change the the sex. Keep it. Keep the original lyrics. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. But that would make me so happy. I don't Prince. Uh, I don't think was like a super Springsteen fan, but I know that they like cross paths mm. a little bit. Um, Jordan yeah. Knight from New Kids on the Block released multiple cover versions of this on his solo debut. Okay. Multiple versions. <laughs> I went to college with his brother. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay. We were both uh, DJs for the college oh, wow. radio station. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah. Do you want to shout out the call letters? Um, WXPL. There you go. Fitchburg State <laughs> College. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that's interesting. And Cindy Lauper covered When You Are Mine, which is also a great cover. Yeah. Um, obviously, I would think that. But Wait, so uh, on the Wikipedia for this song, there is a specific section for the Jordan Knight version, <laughs> but then there's a other cover versions, and it's the longest list I've ever seen. Yes. It's let's it's so many. Uh Goo Goo Dolls, Fresh for Lulu. I don't know what that is. Uh The Essence. Uh, uh there's a German songwriter that did a German language version. Nice. Uh th- it's a, there's a lot of bands I don't know. The Eels covered a version. Hmm. Um the Wellington International Ukulele Orchestra. I don't know. I don't know. Uh because it made an album, that's oh, why. Okay. Um My Morning Jacket. The replacements did a cover of it. There's a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, the replacements make sense. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Yes. Um, the ukulele band. I don't know. The they're just they're just orchestra. out there living lives. They just are yeah. living their life. I, I mean, yeah. No disrespect to the Wellington ukulele band. I just am thinking, like, if <laughs> if after this record, if I record my version of this, I'm going to add myself to this Wikipedia. And yeah, you can do then it. do it. All right. You deserve to be on there. Who's, who's going to stop you? Editors, <laughs> editors on Wikipedia, the talk section. They can. All you be have to do is source those, it. They can be tough. Mm-hmm. Those editors. <laughs> they can be very <laughs> harsh and judgmental over what merits a Wikipedia entry. That's true. Um, but this is such a fun song, and if you watch the concert film, it's basically like a little one act play. I feel like. Um, I think this has been my favorite song that on um, this so far on this album. Yeah, it's super fun and it just has that like jangly, you know, yeah. jangly pop rock. Um, people sometimes are like, again, the character in this song is kind of harsh because he's telling like a 
pregnant lady that he won't be her boyfriend. But I'm like, I just think that's realistic. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, maybe he doesn't want a baby. Yeah. And she already Same. has a baby. And, you know, he's like, I'll dance with you. <laughs> we might have sex, but that is I'm not going to be the father of your children going that's forward. Fair. Which is Honestly, that's is, just being upfront. That's honest <laughs> yeah. and upfront. And I think like, you know, yeah. I don't, I'd rather not, know that before I go down a path with someone who doesn't want the same things as me. I'm not mad at that. And also, no. like, you know, no shade to the lady, but I think it's like a little soon to be even considering like a long term relationship okay. with um, someone you, need you to just deal with yourself first and get settled into being a new mother. Yeah. So, <laughs> someone that you just met in a bar. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of social issues. Uh, that we could touch on in this song, <laughs> but it also has this really like funky breakdown in it. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it six minutes and twenty nine seconds. It's funny to me, like the variance of length of songs in here. My favorite songs are the shorter ones, and uh, I don't think that that is because they're shorter. I wish they went on longer, um, so that we'd have more time to talk about them. But. Uh, yeah, but I love this song, even though it's like six minutes and 29 seconds. I, I've, but it's not the longest song on here, true. is it? <laughs> I've only heard... But it is... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it, it is uh, does have this extended like funk breakdown, instrumental breakdown. Um, I've only heard the one concert from this era that was on the Super Deluxe version of this. Uh-huh. Um, was this a particularly jammy band like would they go off on these tangents do you know all of his bands were fairly jammy um yeah and that like if you read about like how hard he rehearsed his bands and um the unusual circumstances and how they just needed to be able to follow him and start and stop on a dime and how there were hand signals and every every band was capable of jamming but yeah this was a pretty jammy band yes yes there i think it was in advance of this there's a an official prince podcast that pops up right before each new release yes yes. and i think they interviewed andrea swenson who i love it's so good um yeah, she's wonderful. She's like a, a local Minneapolis uh, music journalist and um, Slingshot Annie, if you uh, want to follow her on social media. She's interesting on a lot of topics, but she knows mm-hmm. her print stuff. Yeah. And uh, and also, we're a little bit friends, oh, not nice. to brag, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but she's great. And uh, yeah, yeah those, that's awesome. the Prince podcasts that she does are amazing with the estate. Yeah. And there then we are. now we're hearing the cross, which is it doesn't even have um, a time listing on the list that I'm looking. Oh, at. weird! <laughs> so that's so weird. Uh, maybe he felt like that would be crass <laughs> to um, in, to put like a time limit on. I don't know. Um, but interestingly, fun fact: not a fun <laughs> fact. Um, a fact as he embraced uh being a jehovah's witness i think Uh um in later years he changed this song to the christ because uh the cross isn't um it isn't like a a symbolism that they Hmm. mess with i guess uh but to me it will always be the cross and uh and i told you earlier about Dave Perner killing it at fine line in minneapolis i think it's a good it's like definitely becomes like a very 
uh, 1990s rock song um, into, you know, like a, like a heavy guitar rock song, which is interesting because it was a precursor to a lot of that music hmm. that, that we were seeing coming out in the next few years. But this like has like, you know, little drummer boy kind of like, right. Military. Yeah. Drum beat, which is something he was a fan of too. Um, he loved to bring out a, a drum line before, again, before that was really popular. I think before I had seen it a lot, he loved to bring out a, a line of snare drummers or, uh, to perform with him. But this is like, you know, it's a very religious, it's like a heavily religious song. Um, I think people always had an awareness that he was religious and that was what was so interesting about him, right? Is he's like constantly singing about God and getting to heaven and at the same time, like talking about these really strongly sexual themes that I think all of us thought for sure we're going to put us in hell at that time <laughs> sure and uh and again like also just these questions about like if i was a girl instead of a guy or you know if, if my identity were different um how would that be received and so that's interesting to me because it really speaks to his faith because mm-hmm. uh he clearly had faith in his god and he had a as much faith in himself Hmm. as anything. And so he's just like throwing out these ideas and being like, people go, people will go along with it, you know, um, being confident that, that it would get, get to the right people and, and hit them in the right way. And so this is a song. I don't know the status of like, if it charted or whatever, but I know I heard it on the radio at the time Hmm. that, that it was out. It feels like a very interesting song for the radio. Yeah. It feels like very, what I mean, I'm trying to think of the time, but it feels like it would stick out a little. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I can't tell you what radio station I heard it on. Um, I mean, it it could be like a college station or something. Yeah. Or independent radio, but I know for sure that I heard it on the radio. Um, It looks like it wasn't officially released as a single from what I can see. Yeah. So I'm guessing just some independent radio, uh, late night kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But you can hear like, you can hear the 90s in it, which is weird because we were still three years out. You know? Yeah. I forgot about and the that, sitar. Like, yeah. The sitar, yeah. Just something that was about to become, like, a really popular motif, which uh, is interesting to me. And great harmonies, yeah. again. All him. There you go. And then we're going to go... We're <laughs> The longest song on the album, yeah. we're about to get to nine minutes and two seconds. It's going to be a beautiful night. Straight up, funk jam, non-embarrassing saxophones. <laughs> <laughs> that, again, I think is like such a beautiful bookend to play in the sunshine. Um, you know, just about that, again, like, the world is hard. There's a lot of ugly things in this world which have been visited on a number of these tracks. Uh, But we're going to have beautiful days and we're going to have beautiful nights and we're going to have joy in the face of 
difficult things, which I think speaks to me because like that's, you know, and again, without getting too deep or, you know, I've kind of like touched on my upbringing or whatever. That's what appealed to me about Prince in the first place is like joy in the face of difficulty mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just how you can uh, take yourself to another place with music and how you can create your own space. Um, I think that's a lot of, for like a lot of teens too, because it's like, you don't have control over your own life and you're especially as you get like an older teen, it's like, what is the world I'm going to create for myself once I can leave? Whatever this circumstance I'm in, whether it's good or bad, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think, like, a lot of the music at the time or, like, music that I was rejecting at the time is maybe, like, I don't want to say, like, wallowing and whatever, because uh, that's rude to say <laughs> about. But, like, I think, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of popular music tends to focus on you know, that bad feeling. And like, I just personally would prefer to be like transported out of that bad feeling. And so, and you know, he's not shying away from again, like any of the toxicity of the world of people and even of himself, but also just saying like, we're gonna have joy. We're gonna kind of like be the salvation of ourselves, you know? Um, Which I think again is like a theme that, he sort of held fast to throughout his career, just like we're gonna save ourselves. We are our own salvation from the darkness of the world. Which that is an interesting take because I feel like now, or not even now, I think maybe it's just, it's always been there, but it's like, it's opposite isn't the right, but it's like, I would say the opposite version of that, like wallowing is like almost that like toxic positivity mm. where it's just yes. like, Buck up, right. everything's gonna be great. And it's not that. It's more it's, like, yeah, things aren't great, yeah. but you know, like what what can you do in this? The you know, like are falling, that. but we're still gonna dance tonight. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I'm gonna die, you know, yep. like I think he said more than Have anyone, fun on the way and, out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna listen to my body tonight, which is <laughs> yeah. you know. Um which is a line from a song on another album, but I think like those those themes are at play yeah. here and just, you know, like what can you do but like celebrate this one weird, ugly, troublesome, but gorgeous life that we have right now. So this is just like, um, yeah, it's such a, and if you watch this in the, in the concert film, again, it's just such a celebratory, like amazing performance. And it's so fun and everyone is included. And, uh, yeah, that was a big thing with Prince too, is that like, he loved it when the audience sang with him and one thing that he would always say in concerts, like I never would have known if I hadn't like listened to so much of his live music is that he would say like, you know, he would always say, can I play my guitar for you? Can you sing for me? Mm. And then he would like encourage the audience by saying everybody can do something, you know, and it's such a small thing, but it has that, that phrase, everybody can do something has really stuck with me in like my creative career. And, and it's kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about like working with artists who like weren't necessarily on a par with him skill level wise is just that like, well, that's not what it's about. It's like, you know, just like the same as on a basketball team. Not everybody is, 
is on the exact same level skill wise. Uh, but we, everybody can do something. Everyone can contribute something to this like joyful moment that we're all sharing together. And, uh, so I think that's when he was happiest. And so it makes me really happy to hear that playing out. I also feel like that it, it goes back to the conversation too. We were having about community too, like that, uh, type of language from, the artist, I feel like also like breeds an, an addition, like just another level of community feeling. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I, uh, I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, as a newer Prince fan, unlocking exactly what I love about this music so much. Uh, like, all this is like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is great. Uh, yeah. You know, it, you belong here, yeah. I think is what, you know, uh, I I know there were isolated times in his career when there were moments where I think he kind of turned against that briefly. And I know that that can be really painful for people. I know that there was a time when he said some things that were, you know, frankly, like anti-gay. Uh, mm. I know that there were some times when he said things or created things that I think could be viewed as anti-woman. But I think like when... You know, he was also growing up before our eyes. He was a literal child when he started. And he was going through, obviously, a lot of things Like in the time that we got to have him. Um, He was growing up. He was grappling with his upbringing. He was dealing with race issues and his feelings about them. I think that, you know, we talked about, like, the questions about his sexuality and it sounds like questions that he had about sexuality and and sex. Uh, He, you know, we saw him lose a son um, that he wanted very much. Uh, So all of these things I think contribute and it's not to excuse anything at any time. The influence of religion is powerful and we know it was a powerful thing in his life for, I think for better and for worse at times. And, um, and so it's not to excuse anything that he ever said, but I do think like you have to take a look at the whole person and the whole career, I guess, you know, as we're sitting here talking about it. And I think when you take a look at the whole overall, his message was everybody belongs here. And um, as a young girl to see him putting women on stage and exalting them in a way for their talent and for what they meant to him was a huge deal. Uh, Knowing that he was hiring women engineers behind the scenes was a huge deal to me because I already knew I wanted to do things that people were going to try to shut me out of because of being a girl. And so that was like a really big deal to me. And so the fact that women were always so included and not shut out of this, like, in my opinion, like master artists, creative life was it was a really big deal it was a really really big deal yeah i mean that's that's so funny it's very the opposite experience that i had like coming up in punk Mm -hmm. is that it is a incredibly male-dominated space it is incredibly masculine and i think it's gotten a lot better yeah um as i've gotten older but it's like there were so many times where i was the only woman in the room and that also very much continued into my career too but to the point of like you know, like you have to feel like you have to fight to be in those spaces. And it's like, it's so important to like see people who look like you in the spaces. Cause it's like, right. I also think, I think it probably impacted me earlier in my career. Cause I think I probably 
fought more than like I necessarily had to, you know, because it's right, like, you were like, I feel uh, like I have to prove that I deserve to right. be here. Yes. Not just doing it through my work. And like, probably that's, you know, as especially as a woman in the, you know, professional workspace, it can come across as abrasive or bitchy or whatever. But it's right. like when you don't see yourself reflected in these spaces, you feel like you have to fight to be there. And that's not always the best attitude to come right. in. With. Yeah, you're not offered any security of like, yeah. you, you absolutely belong here. You know, um, yeah. that that is such a thing that I think so many women have been missing. Um, yeah, so, and, and also going back to what you were saying about a shorthand with people that have like oh, yeah. an affinity for the same absolutely. thing. I also find that it's, uh, it was a great litmus test to hear yeah. like anyone that was gonna on the face of it, disregard him or dismiss him because yep. of like what they thought they knew mm. or how he looked or his blackness or whatever. That's, yep. that's great for me. That saves me a lot of trouble in like forming an opinion right. on yep. like how it's going to go between me and another person, you know? So, so there was yep. that shorthand as well. Now we're on the final track of door, which I, I told you about earlier yeah. why I love it. My husband and I danced to it at Paisley park. It was a magical I moment. He has it tattooed on his arm um, because it was such a moment for him. Again, this is not like a, um, it's not a favorite song of a lot of uh, Prince fans, fams, uh, aficionados. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I love it. I, uh, it's also like a pretty horny song, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a slow jam. Um, but I think it has humor. Um mm-hmm. I want to, I want you to hear the line. I don't, I can't tell. I can't hear it well enough to know if we already passed it. Anyway, he's talking about making love right now. Um, anyway, it's like this falsetto song. And the line that I wanted you to hear is, uh, when he says you could burn up my clothes and smash up my ride. And then he says, well, maybe not the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Which I think love is that. So funny because he's like, yeah. this is a love song. I love you so much. I'm obsessed with you. You could do anything to me and I would still adore you. Don't well. crash my car. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, which I just think is uh, so funny. And I love his humor, which we didn't really talk too much about during this, but like, that's often uh, some of my favorite moments are like intentional moments of humor, little jokes in songs, uh, sometimes unintentional moments of humor. Um, this singer, Bonnie Boyer, uh, I love their relationship. She's passed away uh, also, unfortunately, but I loved, they seem to have like a really funny relationship. And there's this song, La Grind, where <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he. <laughs> He, she comes in singing on the song, and this is on the like official track of La Grind. You can hear it. She comes in singing her part, and he goes, "Not yet, Bonnie." <laughs> and then, and then, like a couple minutes later, he's singing, and then he says, "Now," and then she like starts singing again, and that's like one of my all-time favorite moments because he's like, "No, that's funny. That's funny that that happened, and it still sounds great. Let's keep it in, and it speaks to my relationship with this person, and you know, and the imperfectness." of this music but um yeah i love i love funny prince because i think people didn't think he had a great sense of humor but he actually had a pretty good sense of humor i think 
I'm also thinking like the other it, this is, you talking about it being funny made me remember my other point of re- reference for Princess when he was on New I Girl. I kind of feel like that's where mm-hmm. you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just recently watched it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I feel and he was funny yeah. on that. Like that episode was yes. really funny. Like that was a great episode. Yeah, it's really interesting like while well, talking about like the associated acts, the protege acts, like we know that now that Morris Day in the time was Prince. Like it, when you listen to their to their tracks you can hear Prince's voice coming through because he did all the guide tracks and then everyone sang to them. And he, so he was all of these associated acts. He was basically like performing them himself because he was so prolific that he had to like make projects for other people to put out because it was too much uh, for, for one artist because you have to like let people sit with the album that you put out Mm -hmm. and let it have its own life. Um, And I always, you know, I think The Time is, like, a really super talented band. He used to always say, like, they're the baddest band. Everyone should be scared of them. Um, But I also think, like, there's so much novelty in their songs, so much humor. And that's all, like, Prince. So you can, like, go and find all of these, like, more obscure tracks, from you know, both from The Time, but also things that are unreleased, but also things that are on albums where he's, like, pretending to be like this old man like character who like hates rappers or whatever you know just like he had a really good sense of humor but like almost I I want to say like more than 50% of his music has like at least a touch of humor in in a song at some point um just you know you just have to listen for it and it's so hard you have to get (laughs) you have to get really good headphones or a really good sound system sometimes to even catch uh some of the things but you'll be so happy that it's just layers on layers on layers (laughs) and then in a really low layer you'll just hear him like murmuring something humorous or whatever this is a a quick prince tangent but you talking about being like the guiding force behind the time reminded me of uh the Simpsons tried to get Prince on the show. Uh, yes. uh, I think Conan wrote the script. Somebody wrote a script, uh, sent it to him, and then he called back with notes, and they realized that he was talking about a completely different script that they didn't have uh, because he had hired someone else, or it was a friend of his wrote a Simpsons script instead. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, that's he hilarious. did not end up doing the show, as you know. <laughs> No, yeah. Um, one time, one of the Fairley brothers told me this really funny story about how they met Prince at this party uh, in Los Angeles, and he was like, oh, you're the Fairley brothers, like, I love your movies. And they were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And he was like, curious, like, you know, so what are you guys doing now? What are you doing in LA? And they were like, well, we were just working on something. But to be... Uh, to be honest, we're gonna get in a car and drive to the East Coast together and that, like, brainstorm our next movie in the car because that's, like, how we do it. And, uh, and he was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, so you're just, like, together in the car. You come up with an idea and you just talk it out the whole way. And they were like, yeah. And he's like, that's so cool. I would love to do something like that someday. And they were like, well, you're welcome to come with us if you want to. And he was like, you know what? I might. <laughs> I might, and they were like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, like, that would be so cool. That would be like a dream come true. And they were like, so they were saying they were sitting at this party, like, oh my God, holy shit, Prince is going to like get in a car with us tomorrow and drive across the country. And they were like, and Prince like went off to like talk to his 
people or whatever. And then uh, the whole time they were just like trying to wrap their heads around the reality that Prince was about to take a cross country drive with them. And then he came back and he was like, it was so nice to meet you. I'm uh, not going to drive across the country. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, yeah, cool. I mean, of course, of course not. (laughs) Yeah, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) I forgot I was Prince. I can't Uh, do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I also love the idea of him doing it and like after like an hour calling a helicopter or something and being like, I need to be picked up from this car ride. I must leave. That I agreed to. It seems I didn't know why I said yes to this. But um, yeah, I love that. I love whenever one of my most favorite things about being a Prince fan is that um, I said fan. I'm sorry, Prince, uh, is that people always will like they know it about me. They when they see something that has to do with Prince, they think about me and it gets like a little wild because like when something goes viral, then a thousand people send it to me on Instagram. Like right now, everybody's sending me this little boy dressed as Prince for Halloween. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that was like six years ago. And I see it a thousand times every Halloween. It goes viral every Halloween. But I'm like, but still, I love that people think of me yeah um so whenever someone has had like an experience with prince or whatever and somebody knows they'll like always bring them to me and like to be like oh tell her your story you know so like the casting the like the casting director from purple rain like telling me about casting the extras or it's so fun people in Minneapolis who like worked on videos, anyone that's in production in Minneapolis, that's like over the age of 30, I think has probably (laughs) worked on something related to Prince over the years. And everyone has a story. And, um, and even just like, I just love, like one time this woman reached out to me and she was like, my husband's a contractor in Minneapolis and he did a lot of work at Paisley Park. And I asked him if he had like a story about Prince that I could share with you. And, uh, and she was like, and I thought this was a really cute one. So I wanted to share it with you. And I was like, I'm ready for it. Hit me with it. Yeah. And she was like, I guess he would like order lunch every day. And he was like on a kick where he was like getting a sandwich with French fries every day. And uh, it would come in like the plastic or the styrofoam clam shell. Yeah. But wherever he was ordering from um, didn't poke holes in the clam shell so that the uh, – so that the fries wouldn't like steam out. And, uh, and she was like, and one day I guess he got his lunch and he was like so disgusted and he was like, they didn't poke holes in it again. I swear they do this on purpose. <laughs> That is adorable. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Also, because no one wants soggy French fries. I love yeah, it's that's the ultimate in stars. Like, They're just like us. They're yeah. just like us. And I'm just like, he just wanted crispy fries. <laughs> I love crispy fries. We have that in common. I love knowing that. It's like not the wildest story, but yet it's perfect. And thank you for knowing that I would want to know yeah. that. And, I love it. Uh, you know, so I, I love that. I love that. And, um, yeah, uh, if you got a cute Prince story, hit me up with it. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's the end of the album. Thank you, <gasps> Heather, so yeah, much usually, for bringing this. We get to ask you, Heather, like, what I was know. your reaction to this album, this being the first time you've heard it? I liked it. Obviously, like, Yay. talking over an album is not the ideal first way to, like, fully digest an album. But, like, yeah. that one song did really stand out to me as something I'm like, this is up my alley for sure. I could never um, take the place of your man. Track 13. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That one I really liked. And I do think it is um, the – what you're saying about how 
you know, the, there's a lot of different like genres that he covers. And here, even hearing that on this album, I do think that leads me to believe there are more Prince songs out there that I would like in more than just a passing way. So definitely sure. made me like Prince more than I did before we started this podcast. <laughs> Well, that's all That's all we can ask yeah. for, you know? That's, like, mission accomplished for me. And I just love fun facts about musicians in general. So we got a lot <laughs> and, of that, and I love and that. French and, yes, and, and French fries. And French fries are yeah, and my love of French actual fries. favorite food. <laughs> yes. It is really so- unfortunate that Prince died before everyone could have air fryers in their home because that's the best way to reheat oh, a french he fry really would have yeah he really would have loved that maybe he yeah. had maybe he had like a prototype or something probably yeah i mean I like he i will say that like when you tour paisley park you do get to like dip into his little kitchen area he had like a diner kind of oh God, uh area that. in the atrium of paisley park where he would like watch television and uh it had booths but it doesn't Hopeful. show any that's of the fun. um any of the appliances the appliances (laughs) they're behind the door but i will say that it used to be that you could just look in from the windows but now they've like opened the doors and you can like step into the little kitchen it's called um and uh that way you can lean over the rope and look Mm. onto his tv console and see the dvds that he had stacked up under his just gonna say i wanted to know what he watched well, one of the movies is a friend is a movie that like my friend wrote and directed, and so I got to like I when that. I when I got my phone back at the end of the tour, be like, oh my god, <laughs> Prince has your DVD like on That's his so TV cool. console. I never wow. got to. It's been there the whole time, but I never got to like get close enough. But now they let you closer, and That's now I so can fun. say with a one hundred percent certainty, your movie was on his on his console. That's amazing. That's I really love that. cool. Anyway. <laughs> um well thank you so much this was a delight Uh, (laughs) thank you i loved it thanks Um, for hanging in there with me on a double album i got happy to do it this was a a great choice Yeah. yeah is there anything you would like to plug before we go no, just you know, listen to this podcast. They are too nice to ask you, but download it. It makes a difference. Share it on your social media. It makes a difference. And subscribe to it. Write a nice review of it. Not for me. <laughs> Do for our these, job. We love that. For these yeah. guys. And then also subscribe to our podcast. Busy Phillips is doing her best. And just like, I don't care if you listen to it. Just like put it on when you go take a shower. Leave it on your nightstand. (laughs) (laughs) Download it. And uh, but if you do listen to it, I think you'll like it. I think if you, you know, are missing uh, social interactions. It seems to be a little bit of a stand-in for that for people. And it's me and my pal, Busy Phillips. And uh, we have, like, sometimes celebrity guests, sometimes interesting guests uh, who know things about things. And, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's a good time, and it's free. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you clearly like listening to two friends talk. So I think you would like that one, too. There you go. There you go. Um, We curse a lot more than we did on this podcast. So just fair warning. We sometimes curse a lot on this one. So I I label them all explicit just in case. (laughs) Just in case. Yeah. Just in case I've had a drink and start swearing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. Uh, It's a good idea just to be on the safe side. Guys, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. This was so much fun. And uh, I'll see you. I'll see you online. I'll see. That's, yes. you know. we, we are there. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Thank you for inviting me. 
thank you for doing it. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>